0: Hey Megan. Hey Jean. <laughs> this is an amazing person that yeah. we're about to interview. Oh my god! We
1: were so nervous because she's so
0: daunting. <laughs> she's just one of the most impressive in every way people yeah. feel you're going to meet. Yeah. Jody Patterson is the chairman of the board of the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest LGBTQAI organization in the world. A mom of five, social activist. Author of the bold world, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing book, book about a memoir about her son being transgender, yeah, and lots of other stuff. And she's just one of the most stylish, gorgeous, beautiful, kind. Yeah, I'm in awe. And this conversation was just so it's incredible, and illuminating. inspiring. Yeah, there was so much in this episode that we got to with Jody that I just. I just love, and I yeah. I wish she was there when my kids were little, because I would be taking her advice about like having your kids stand in front of the mirror and look at their bodies. Yeah, and that was amazing. Talk about what they love. Yeah, just Genius. to to instill in them
1: that like you are this and it's beautiful, and don't get your sense of what you should be from Anything Instagram else. or yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like don't you don't need to look outside yourself for beauty? Yeah. Uh, like if we all had that internalized. <laughs> yeah. Imagine just growing up confident. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> yeah, and she she just has this way. I we talked about her having once at some point been a uh, oh a, a circus performer. Yeah. And and she talked about yoga and how staying flexible in your body keeps you flexible in your mind. There's and really something to that. There really is. I mean, I I believe that. I do, too. People that we've, you know, even on this podcast when we talked to Norma Kamali, you know, she's yeah. somebody who's like, you know, doing the splits and doing backbends and look at her. Yeah. She is, you know, her, everything's firing on all yep. cylinders. And that's how I felt about, I could not believe she was 50. Yeah. She's incredibly. Jody's cr- gorgeous. She's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. And like every, her outfit, her hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When she was talking, I was just like staring at her, and I had to like come to and ask questions. <laughs> yeah, She's she definitely the most a, gorgeous person.
0: She just seemed to have an approach of you know of pr- problem solving and of dealing with people. Everybody has different opinions about things. Yeah, and like as a country, we've gotten so bad at disagreeing
1: and coexisting. And yeah, peacefully anyway.
0: Yeah, I loved. She talked about like you know, her kids disagreeing on very fundamental things and she's like they'll probably still be disagreeing about it, but you know, ten years from now, but they'll have lived together and yeah, you know. Yeah. Just thought that was so beautiful. it's it's so smart. And you always see her around Brooklyn, I just imagine Ugh, the cool situation. She's just so- <laughs> <laughs> I saw her in like a
1: cool wine shop one time. I was just like, Oh do I look okay? Like
0: wanna impress her. Yeah. No, she's yeah, she definitely- she's cool for sure. Definitely. And I, she just had a great way of um, when people ask intrusive questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was funny. But I also like that she, you know, copped being angry a lot and mm-hmm. that, that, you know, she's not she's some not perfect. perfect person, even though we see her gliding around Brooklyn and yeah. we're like, she's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is an amazing episode. You're going to want to listen to it twice at least. Yep. So let's get to it. Jody Patterson, we are so excited to have you here. And... Kind of start off you are so many things <laughs> but the thread that runs through it that i see is a love of beauty not just lipstick like face cream beauty but beauty like your style is beautiful your house is beautiful you've had a career in fashion with zach posen you've launched two beauty brands and a boutique you wrote this beautifully written book the bold world you co-owner of joe's pub which is all about beauty and music and performance mm-hmm. Where did you get your appreciation for beauty in the larger sense, do you think?
2: Thank you for that. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I do sometimes think about how beauty has, if beauty still has meaning in my life now, because oftentimes when I'm falling asleep or when I'm waking up, I'm not thinking about anything beautiful or beauty. Hmm. I'm thinking like, can I get the job done? Do I have enough time? You know, am I everything my kids need? But yeah, I love my house to look a certain way, and I love gorgeous house art, and I love jewelry that reminds me of things, and I'm constantly collecting and organizing around my own beauty aesthetic, mm-hmm. and I think it's because I like order. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a constant quest for order, which of course in this world, nothing can be ordered. So if if, if I put things, entropy. you know what I mean? If I put things <laughs> that are like pleasing to my eye around me, it, it soothes me. I really like it. Great style, too. Thank you. You, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of my my career, I was driven by things that were pleasing. I landed in the beauty industry. And then I started to think about why we purchase things, beauty products. Like, what energy makes us purchase a pink lipstick versus an orange lip or
0: Mm -hmm. brown lip?
2: And then I started talking about identity. And then I started oh. talking about gender,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> all when I was
2: in the beauty industry. And it was alarming for folks like my my, my beauty partner, right, who's uh-huh. this French guy. And he was like, I think we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would argue that to say that um, whenever you're investigating beauty, you're actually talking about emotion and identity and family stories. You know, you ask someone about their hair, and they'll tell you about their mother and their sisters, mm-hmm. where they grew up, their yeah, cultures.
0: Yeah, that's true. So- and, it, and it's a... It's a language, I think, yeah. that, a way of connecting with people. Yeah, you know, when you say what face, wa- face wash <laughs> yeah. do you use, it's yeah. a whole story yeah, that you're it's opening up. Like, oh, I love this, and they're like, oh, you love it, and there's so, there's an intimacy about talking yeah, about forms beauty that bonds mm-hmm. can be not just about like this brand or that brand.
2: And all the all the beautiful things that I like have these great stories. So they either have a scent that reminds me of a travel, or there's a most of my art is of. Um, portraits mm-hmm. so then I think okay what did this person do in this life even if they're portraits of people I don't know yeah there's always a story behind a piece of art or a chair or a fabric or a ring yeah or a cream right
0: definitely it's the difference and between I like stories yeah, of walking feeling like you're in a hotel versus somebody's home, you know. Mm-hmm. One which way. one do you like more? <laughs> <laughs> <From> somebody's home. <laughs> so you feel, although some hotels feel like they have a story. I know. Roman and Williams, you know. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> or like a hotel feels like there's no story, like no kids are with you.
0: Yeah, true. And that <laughs> is very lovely. There's no second lovely. key, it's yeah. just you in the bed. That's five, good, tip. right? Yeah, yeah. That's
2: <laughs> so I love hotels.
0: You're an LGBTQ activist, mm-hmm. which I believe started when your son Penelope came out as transgender. And today you sit on hospital boards, UN panels on transgender and human rights, done TED Talks on gender. And, you know, it's a very, it can be, I would imagine, a very hard hitting, in your face world. But you've got this confident curiosity about it hmm. that allows more of a real conversation, one that takes in people's views and opposing, even opposing views. I'm thinking about how you talked with Penelope's grandfather about Penelope's changing gender. gender. Yeah. Identity?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've never left any of the worlds that I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. So I was raised by Southern folk. So I have a lot of activists in my family. Gil Scott-Heron, who wrote The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, is my uncle.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, and so we grew up on that. Yeah. As not just uh, lyrics, but like really tied to revolution as a family. My grandmother was a civil rights activist as well. She was dubbed Ms. Re- Ms. Revolution because <laughs> of her work in the South. You know, my uncles and my aunts, they were jailed 16 times, you know, by the time they were in high school. So a lot of like revolution and activism is just the way we grew up. Mm -hmm. And then I think I didn't really think much about that when I was raising my own kids. You kind of get stuck in moments of just like, how do I get everyone out to school school. on time? How do I get the garlic chopped for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) And then when when, um, my third of five children said, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, I thought, I got confused. I wasn't sure what we were talking about. I thought that I was looking at a girl who didn't want to be a girl, mm-hmm. thought I was maybe I had dropped the ball on feminism, like I had forgotten to raise a feminist. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to backtrack a lot, trying to figure out what I had done wrong. And I was fixing and fixing, nothing quite happened, nothing got better. Yeah. And um, I had to really rely back on this form of activism and thinking about the change makers that have already come before us. and what their principles were. And so I went back to thinking about revolution, which sounds crazy, right? But that's how I ended up really understanding my child to be a boy, Mm -hmm. not like a girl who switched to a boy or a girl who changed minds or changed genders, but really a boy who Mm. I just was confused and thought was something else, right? So I still feel very attached to my community of black folks, my community of Southern folks, parents, mothers, people who did not understand this before. Yeah. Uh, And so I try to keep all of that in my conversation when I'm explaining to people what I've now, what I now understand, which is that gender is something that happens in the brain, not the body, not the, not your parts, but your brain.
0: You talked, I think, to... There was a your grand. Yeah. I think Penelope's grandfather mm-hmm. needed some explaining or asked. You know, how can this be happening or something? And I thought, that so was a- yeah. So that was like that was trippy. So once
2: I've just dissected this understanding in my head, right? I kind of have a intellectual slash experiential thing happening with my kid. But there are all these people coming in our lives that are just not going to sit there and take the time that it, you've taken, right? So true. grandpa, grandpa G, we call him. He lives in Ghana. He's an eye surgeon, highly traveled, very well educated, but he holds tight to his Ghanaian culture. Mm-hmm. And um, he was coming to stay with us for some months, and we thought this is going to be tough – because he's not going to see Penelope as a boy. He's going to expect Penelope to get the water and to get his newspaper and to have a pretty dress on and
0: Mm -hmm. do the things
2: right that little girls often do for their grandparents who are from Ghana.
0: Yes. (laughs) And so
2: we actually decided not to talk about anything heavy, like no no esoteric talk, no talk of the brain, no talk of the body. And we just said, Grandpa G, could you please just change your language and just say he instead of she? just like, one simple thing if you don't mind please sir <laughs> and then he like he slams his hand down on the table and he says sure why not <laughs> and that's it and that's it because yeah. in my language of twee, we don't have gender pronouns they don't right. matter to me
1: that's so interesting
2: so there are all these like examples of where gender actually can be flexible isn't necessary no one cares, right? Yeah. Gender neutral areas in our life. So we have to find these like moments, these areas through language or through music or through wherever where people can come together without this big concept of gender. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, Penelope and Grandpa G spent the last five years of his life together oh. as like friends. Yeah.
0: So
2: good. Um, and, and
1: he asked no further questions.
2: No, never. he never asked a question about it. We never gave up any more right. conversation around it. They just like interbede together for years and that was it that was great
1: well for someone who's not grandpa g are -hmm. there tips you have for having a conversation with people when there's there's such a chance that there's a there could be a disagreement like a Mm -hmm. difficult you know topic
2: like that yes you seem so good at it so that was an older you know adult but i have people in my family who don't agree with me all the time and in in fact (laughs) some of my five kids don't one one of my children does not believe that transgender exists wow He's 13. He's a scientist. And he says, you know, we need to have our language based in science and we have to have our facts based in science. Mm-hmm. And so I developed this um, technique called the lab. It's like subversive parenting. Oh, so whenever there's so a good. big disagreement on gender, on race, on faith, on who gets the front seat of the car, we sit down the floor and we lab it out. So labbing is you take big ideas and you just see how far you can go with them. So Anyone can speak. Whoever's speaking has the the proverbial microphone, you can't interrupt. So you can be talking for like an hour, right? And the other person can't interrupt. And you can only talk about your truth. It's not like a rebuttal. You're not going back and forth, you're just talking. About what's
0: true for you rather than like, yeah. It's not a fight and we're Mm -hmm. not here to win,
2: right? So the scientists will say, look, I respect my brother. I'll always use the right pronouns. But when we speak in science and in fact, we have to acknowledge that transgender doesn't exist. Penelope is a girl by all physiological ways, mm-hmm. which is hard to hear because, I mean, as an adult, I know science has proven gender variance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's working on, you know, 13-year-old science. Right, right. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. let him hasn't rock out with that. He has encountered it yet. He's in this moment where he believes that the science he thinks is real science does not confirm it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Penelope, it's also hard for Penelope to hear because Penelope has lived experience. Right. So when it's Penelope's turn, he says, listen, you know, everything's not so science And I am here as a trans person, therefore trans exists. I'm all the proof you need. <laughs> <Right? point>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm trying not to relay any sort of emotion around whose argument is better because mm-hmm. it's not an argument. We're just, just saying. Right. So Penelope says, listen, I'm here. I exist. Trans exists. Point proven. Um, and also, like, God has made me this way. This is just how God has made me.
0: Yeah.
2: And the scientist, when it's his turn again, he says, God's not proven.
0: God's not proven either. All of this stuff that you're
2: talking about is not proven. You're so like, talk
0: to James Baldwin. Right,
2: which is like one of my favorite authors. But so Penelope and the scientist are at polar opposites of this conversation. It's been eight years. They're no longer, no closer together in the argument. Yeah. They don't agree. So my goal is not to agree. And so that's the tactic I take when talking to people who don't agree or don't have – who have different um, truths or different perspectives? We're not here to agree, mm-hmm. because in the end, after talking for two hours with my kids, they're like, "Oh God, this is boring." Do you want to go? You want to go play basketball? Yeah. Or... Mm-hmm. and they have moved off of this tough topic. And in ten years, twenty years from now, they will still be discussing it, perhaps still not agreeing, perhaps, but. The joke is they will have lived together, <laughs> eaten together, <laughs> shared bathrooms together, and bedrooms together. And they like each other still. Hopefully they won't vote against each other in the end. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I think that like, so the, my tactic is like conversations are open. Conversations can be long form. Mm-hmm. They have to be long form around these big ideas. And that what you say doesn't invalidate my existence. So as an adult, you can pretty much say anything to me. I, I kind of bubble my kids around this. I don't uh-huh. let people just tell Penelope anything they want about his yeah. uh, existence as a trans person. But I think when we're talking about adults in safe spaces, we can have these long-form conversations around tough ideas.
0: And you mentioned ab- like um, about adults mm-hmm. asking questions about transgender people that are just... <laughs> beyond and you had some great responses for when people (laughs) ask a dumb question (laughs) well i mean i'm used to dumb questions as a black
2: woman i've heard a lot of dumb questions around hair and skin and lips and you know and those over the years have dissipated but what's now emerging are dumb questions around gender Mm -hmm. right i'm dating a trans man and the, the top question from people i actually respect and love is how do you guys have sex (laughs) it's so crazy. It's crazy. Or, you know, what do the body parts look like? And I say, well, what do your husband's body parts, I mean, are his balls saggy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then when they realize how invasive the question is around my partner's body parts, they backtrack and say, I didn't mean to invade. I just want to understand the physicality (laughs) of relationships between transgender people and cisgender people. And so I, I, I get why you know, we're obsessed with body, we're obsessed with physical form. People need a visual mm-hmm. around the body specifically and to understand stories and relationships. But what I end up doing is redirecting the brain and the mind to like stories of you know, how we interact, How we eat, (laughs) (laughs) how we've grown together. I show a picture from my iPhone of like a smiling together, you know, doing like basic things like eating spaghetti, so that we can sort of redirect this idea of like what do we look like under our clothing and change it to how do we sound, how do we smell, how do we look when we're like laughing together or when we're like reading books together. It sounds weird, but people just uh, want a visual. Yeah, yeah.
0: People, I yeah. That's a it's a. That's a strange. <laughs> it is,
2: but 90% of my friends have asked the same question. So I don't think it's like if we're mean-spirited or if we mm. are callous or if we don't care, we ask dumb questions. I think we, generally speaking, are ill-informed. Yeah. Right? We just don't have the information. So we ask very novice questions.
0: Yeah, like a, a question a-, a five-year-old would ask if they knew what sex was. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I like, guess what's behind that? it is a is a well-meaning
1: intention often, like you're it shows you're curious and you mm-hmm. want to understand as opposed to yeah like the opposite, which is not asking and speculating, maybe mm-hmm.
2: running away, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think there's curiosity to un- especially now to understand gender and gender variance. That's what I think like the ally is really put to work there. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I don't think the the marginalized person or community needs to be answering all these questions. But I'm actually really okay with answering. Many of the questions that are thrown out as an ally, mm-hmm. I have le- I have less to lose. I have a lot yeah. of privilege around being cis, and so you know the, the questions. Sometimes I don't I don't find offense in them, and if I do find them offensive, I just f- uh, wiggle around them and answer something else.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yes. know what I
2: mean. As opposed to shutting down Let's the person, just
0: yeah, shaming the person, and commanding mm-hmm. them. Where and how has beauty and sort of just like physical appearance beauty? how does it come into play for someone growing up transgender? How do you teach a kid, any kid, to pre- appreciate their own beauty, you know, love their own body, and is that different?
2: Mm-hmm. So I was in the beauty industry for years, and um, I was feeling, feeling torn between um, the industry, which felt pretty um, specific to one visual, and my family, which is very multi-varied. Mm-hmm. Multicultural, multi ethnic, multilingual. We have multiple genders, multiple identities. You know, we're from Harlem, Vietnam, Switzerland, Canada, Ghana, and we speak all of those languages, right?
0: Jeez.
2: Uh, transgender, cisgender, <laughs> genderqueer, straight <laughs> queer, you know, tons of different identities. Too many to list now. So I was feeling like the beauty industry wasn't really wide enough for us mm-hmm. that it would. If we followed the industry and if we gave in to beauty standards, we would be negating ourselves. So I kind of X'd out beauty for a while from my whole <laughs> um, life. And that didn't last that too long because I like topic. things for the skin and I like and we love our hair. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I've what I've started to do is just um, reinforce, and this is gonna sound counterintuitive, but I've brought us back to our own bodies. So we had this thing when with my kids when they are young, we put them in front of the mirror and we have like mirror time totally without clothing, just some underwear, mm-hmm. and they have to – it makes me laugh just talking about it. It's so silly. But you have to That's hug so yourself and say, I love myself, over and over and over and over and over again. Giving a visual. <laughs> Giving yourself a visual wow. of yourself. How young are we talking? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Two, three, four, oh, five, six, seven, eight. Amazing. Now at 10, they're a little – Yeah, 10 is it. definitely Well, they a turning do it, but point. they do it in their own way. They. My boys spend a lot of time in the mirror, admiring themselves, looking at themselves. You know, like, for example, I know that my – Lips are like upside down bananas, and my ears are a little bit like elf ears. Everyone has a specific understanding of the physical body that they own, yeah. and then you end up having a real appreciation for your own form of beauty.
1: Wow! Which
2: you don't normally see if you're looking at magazines. You don't right. see your. No one sees their own personal form of beauty. So we've been developing personal beauty in the house. Appreciation for that. We find the things that work for us, and we cherish them. So as an example, Afropix. Are like gold in my house. An <laughs> afro pick is you know a pick for your Afro for your yeah for your hair. We have a lot of afros in my in my family, so we've got all kinds of Afro picks with like gold ones. We have one with the Black Fist of Liberation. We have long prongs. We have short prongs. Oh my god! <laughs> and we collect Afro picks and um, that sounds so cool. So it's like what is your beauty and what do you need for your beauty and how do you appreciate your beauty, and then you really get into your beauty. Yeah, I don't think we've li- looked at a magazine um, in months. Why but not? it's like, you know, looking at each other and looking at ourselves. That right. helped me teach. That helped me embrace the beauty industry and my family, and not have to separate the two. Because my kids, they love actually lotions and potions and creams yeah, and hair human. time. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to. I didn't want to, you know, nix out beauty, but I had to figure out how we can um, appreciate ourselves and appreciate the concept of beauty.
1: Okay, and speaking mm-hmm. of that, I've sort of felt in in my career as a beauty editor and writer. I've always felt that being a black woman was sort of a positive point of difference Me and too. that it made people maybe more interested in my opinion and what I had to say. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you, did you, do you feel that way as a black beauty owner mm-hmm. in, the, in the beauty industry? Do you, or was Every it...
2: time I walk into a room, I feel like, because most of the rooms I'm walking into are not full of black women. So when I walk in, I definitely feel that I'm bringing something 100% valuable and unique. And I never really feel this competition of like, okay, am I good enough or am I going to stand out? I just assume I'm going to stand out. And I'm, I'm assuming that my perspective is not one of many. So, yeah, I think as a black woman, I have that feeling. But also as a family, when we walk into a room as a queer black family, I don't think anymore, oh, gosh, this is a hard life to live being black and queer I think (laughs) this is so great oh my god (laughs) nobody knows what we know we got to tell everybody what like all the stuff we know as a black queer family yeah I just you know there are moments when you feel worn down by um, identity but I think the the trick is to find the upside and then to stick with that upside yeah and then ride that upside because in reality whatever your mojo is whether it's you know, being trans or being black or being multiracial or multilingual, that's your mojo and you have to um, own it.
1: Your difference is your Mm -hmm. mojo. Yeah. that's such a good way to look at
2: it. Yeah. My dad used to say, walk into every room like you own the joint. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say, but we don't. He's like, no, you do. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had to really ingest that as a kid, like walk like you own the joint. My dad was from Harlem and he had all these great sayings, but it is about like whatever, whatever your thing, you, you will own your space in any room and you always have to feel like you own it. And that's not owning other people. It's just like mm-hmm. owning your space in that space. Um, and so I take that to heart all the time.
0: Everybody look up jody's ted talk and you will see the definition of <laughs> owning the joint it's a, a I was really amazing
2: i was in germany by the way and it everyone was? had on um translating devices oh, God. <laughs> so the, the language i was using had to be really clear yeah like no like, um
1: specific and yeah.
2: yeah whoa and it, it worked well they, they it, I think. it
0: did yeah. it's very powerful <laughs> thank you you have so many things like past things and my favorite was that you were a circus performer. Mm. And when I look at the flexibility you've brought to your career, relationships, child, child raising, all of it, it makes sense that that you were a circus performer. Yeah. How do we stay flexible? How, you know, see different sides of problems? So I'm
2: writing a book about this right now. You are? Yeah. Oh my God. Book, book number two. Wait. So that's actually book number three. So uh-huh. The Bold World is first. It's a memoir. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a children's book. Huh. So, you know, the bold world is not really for your three-year-old. Right? Yeah. And moms were like, I'm so excited you wrote this book. I can't wait to share it with my toddler. And I was it, like, mm, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at page 69. It's like there's a whole stint of me like, stripping in the South Bronx on page 69 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, as a way to understand the body, right? Whoa. Um, And so then I wrote a children's book so that families can have this conversation and share it around a boy named Penelope, a boy who knew who he was and had to explain to people over and over again who he was but eventually oh. the community came around like the mother oh. and the school and the karate masters and his friends all over so that's the, the second book or the children's book and the third book that I'm writing now is lies more in the parenting space mm-hmm. and it's ways to be more mentally flexible tools that I've learned over the years with my family um, wow. around growing your family like building your family I, I think of parenting or mothering in particular as building. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a snuggly mom. <laughs> I uh, like if you're once you're like six, I just need you to like get with the program and like get the gist of things and like you know be I a part like of, the five, of the success of. Yeah, I'm not like into the my kids would probably say I'm not so snuggly after a certain point. Mm-hmm. But there's um, this mothering technique that I've been thinking about, which is like bird's eye view
0: mm-hmm. of your
2: family and understanding what's structural. Yeah, like as an architect would understand, what's structural? Okay, people can't lose people. What's Mm -hmm. aesthetic? Well, language and different, you know, clothing is aesthetic. We can swap. So really thinking about family as structural. And then I started with that concept having to really think about flexibility, flexibility of the the mind. Mm -hmm. How do we coexist in a family with lots of different folks and not get rattled? And not break, right? Because if we're fundamental and we, we can't break, it's people. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of my approach is just to really keep myself mentally flexible. The same way you would train your body, train your brain. Big ideas, talking them through long-form conversation, placing yourself in different environments so that you're constantly preparing yourself for change.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I have to um, shift myself all the time. I mean, maybe that's why I moved eighteen times yeah, yeah. in twenty five years. That,
1: yeah, sounds many align. times.
2: I'm I'm really trying to you know figure out how we be how we can be flexible people, and I think you know a lot of times when you're sticking with the same script and the same environment and the same visuals, we get a little bit lazy.
0: Yeah, I and I associate it with age. Right. That you know with that with with age, if you don't. Do something to combat it. Mm-hmm. You'll become less flexible. You yeah. know, my mom always says you get Riddle. set in your ways. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, yeah, and it's sort of it's physical and mental,
2: right? So there's a lot of physical work we do in our house. Like we we've used sports to keep us limber, uh. also to keep us team players, also to keep us healthy, to keep us confident. But this idea, and you know, sports will give you this great idea that you can be in one place today, train, and be in a totally different category in a month just from training right yeah so we've been using this idea of training body but also training brain mm-hmm. to move us from here to there and I would say you know, it's harder when you're older but it's not impossible I mean I'm probably at 50 shaping a lot of the change that ha- that happens in our house yeah so I, I, I think we can be old
0: yes <laughs> and not brittle for sure you yeah know? no I see someone who's like you know if I see someone who's old and seems we we talked with norma kamali recently mm. and like you I know she's 74 and but you know a she's doing the splits but b she's literally? Just, literally literally it's like I mean, you, you got to see her, oh my her video on instagram it's insane yeah she's like this will make you feel better if you're feeling like effects of the flu and like yeah doing the splits and <laughs> like but yeah that, that you know it seems to come with mental flexibility it seems to keep both things in shape somehow I mean
2: speaking of, the, of Norma Kamale so I went on this um <laughs> yoga retreat with my boyfriend and we it's like eight hours a day of yoga and meditation oh, oh, so, good. so you're doing two hours of yoga in the morning and then two hours and then two hours and you break it it breaks up it you know throughout the day but the positions in yoga are about like cleaning your organs and detoxifying even your liver mm-hmm. and stretching the places where you hold tension or emotion and i'm telling you after a week of just doing yoga and meditation i had written a book <laughs> i oh my had God. you know solved some of the issues in my house <laughs> i'd figured out my budget you just have all this space for your brain to instead of your brain and your blood trying to detoxify your liver <laughs> Your brain is is working around you know these big concepts that as humans we want to solve, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah I mean I, you know I can't I don't know exactly why because I'm not a doctor but mm-hmm. when you are treating your body to stretches and um, flexibility techniques it works on the brain as well simultaneously.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Had that experience.
2: <laughs> Try it. <laughs>
1: Going back to to beauty for a second, Mm -hmm. so you've talked about how misleading terms like ethnic beauty and, you know, ethnic beauty aisle are. Mm -hmm. Do you think it even makes sense to categorize beauty that way?
2: Well, I don't – not that way, no. Yeah, I don't um, shop in, in the ethnic aisle. My Asian friends don't simply shop in Chinatown, right? <laughs> you know, like, and and, it, and the funniest thing was when I, and my, my girlfriends who are white, they're always looking for products that I use, right, as a right. black woman. So right. I don't think anyone shops ethnically, but I think we shop, I think the categories that would make sense would be issues, like what does your skin need, you know? Um, and so when I had my beauty company, we didn't buy entire lines and we didn't buy ethnic necessarily, but we bought product that address certain issues and certain needs and I you know I think that's how I shop for product how I shop for groceries how I shop for clothing
1: right everything else right
2: so based on need and like my specific need and so I like to actually go outside of my neighborhood outside of my genre outside of my ethnic aisle right for all my stuff right I love going off point or off topic so when I'm writing a book on family I'm and, and raising a trans kid I'm reading James Baldwin Mm -hmm. When I'm looking for um, product that's really great for my skin, I'm actually looking at product from Italy and from France. You know, so kind of just searching past where people tell you to look. Right. Because they're always telling you to look in some weird (laughs) area that I don't want to be in.
1: I I, Growing up, I was always annoyed with the, like, black hair care. Mm -hmm. Because why, like, someone telling me that that's, like, those are my parameters. You know, but really, you just want like moisturizing mm-hmm. hair care if you have curly or kinky hair.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am, and I have black hair. I'm a black woman, and I don't need more moisture. My hair is so dense with oils and moisture that I need, I don't need anything weighing on my hair. So I usually use like a French woman's shampoo for my hair. Yeah. Honestly. And, it's, and my hair is no less black. Right? Yeah, I have yeah, black exactly. hair. It's on my head. Yeah. I'm a black woman. So it's like, what do we need? And we have to. So I always think, yeah, these parameters are, are pretty limiting. Yeah. They don't have enough information. They're not looking at a real person. They're looking at. No, like,
0: it's so, marketing yeah, for it's whatever marketing. reason. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of hair, you've said that hair is love. Mm. <laughs> so many women, you know, no matter what their race, view their hair as a problem to be fixed. Yeah.
2: We never had that in my house. I just, so I mean, it's not, it wasn't a big social commentary statement that I was making. I literally, in our house, hair is love. We've...
0: Was that growing because, up or growing is it up something... and still. And still.
2: Yeah, we grew up with different hair textures between my mom and my sisters and on my dad's side and cousins. We just have various hair textures and colors and lengths. And we've always had fun playing with hair. My sister (laughs) cut off all my hair, unbeknownst to my mom as a kid under the covers. You know, (laughs) I've had multiple lengths of hair. And we've always had fun times with hair. And so I remember great times with my mom in the bathroom and I brought that to my kids, my boys and my girls. We spent a lot of time doing hair and talking about hair and touching hair. So for me, hair is love. It never feels like a burden. I don't care if it's um, curly or straight. I don't have a an agenda with the hair, mm-hmm. so I guess that's probably where a lot of the ease comes from. Yeah. yeah. In the summertime, I don't blow dry it. Yeah. <laughs> like because it doesn't want to be blow dried, um, and so I've you know in the last six months I've had had an afro and braids. I don't know. It just is. It's quite light
0: for me. The topic. Something to yeah. be flexible about. Yeah. <laughs> and there's have a lot of flexibility with. around it. <laughs> exactly. It's true. It is. I, I feel like hair, maybe even more than skin, is that that thing where it is a connection when you're talking with someone like I love this thing mm-hmm. or especially if you're touching the other yeah. person's hair it's a way of a non-threatening way of touching someone yeah,
2: yeah I mean mm-hmm. there's a whole thing about touching hair too or touching other people's hair that you don't want to necessarily invade it, space
0: yeah you wouldn't you yeah. put your hands on <laughs> yeah.
2: but in it's my, like my being house pregnant we, or something when yeah let me rub your mm-hmm. belly
1: that's nice that you have this light view of it mm-hmm. it's not fraught
2: no it doesn't feel heavy it doesn't feel like um, damn this hair and you used to relax it? Ever? I did in high school. I, I relaxed in high school. Um, by the yeah, time yeah, I was, right? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's weird, happy right? I stopped. Yeah, it's
1: weird. To it think is weird that you would sit
2: with lye. for
1: hours and hours. Yeah,
2: what and, is... and then it wasn't even healthy for, for me. It, me was, yeah. it was so wow. my hair was so fragile. It just didn't take well. In fact, it's pretty toxic for everything, for right? <laughs> for the hair, for the follicle, for the brain. Yeah, yeah, um, for the hormones.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's well, it's weird where you get your idea of like I I should look like X. And you were saying magazines, and I think people mm-hmm. probably magazines less so than say Instagram now. But but I mean, I I I blew dry my hair for a thousand years, like you know, to sort of this like kind yeah, of boring helmet. Yeah, you you <laughs> <And laughs> like, boring helmets are really <laughs> appealing <laughs> real at look. some point in their life. <laughs> <laughs> and like then you know, some brilliant hairdresser Sally Hershberger was like, "Why are you doing that?" Like, your hair is nice. Yeah. And, and it like, hadn't even, like, occurred to you that you didn't at, have to. At all. Yeah. I just sort of thought, well... Yeah. Someone yeah. has to just... tap. <laughs> like,
2: it's almost like if we get tapped on the shoulder by someone, it could be your mom, it could be, you know, a hairdresser, yeah. it could be a friend, and then you get this friend who tells you this new idea. Like, you could wear your hair, in you know, without blow-drying it. And you're like, oh, ah. Yeah, it's a revelation. It's a revelation. And then I think... But I think that, you know, especially black women, we've been trying so many ways of, of styles and so many iterations of beauty and we've redefined beauty and we define it on our own. I just have never been, most of my friends are really excited to do their hair in a thousand different styles.
1: Yeah, definitely. Over
2: the course of seven days, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just have, I have not been around folks that have been, I know that that hair is um a big issue, but the folks that I've been around, we just have always had a really great time experimenting with hair.
0: I you got to get friends who – you've got to get good friends. friends. The, yeah, the, and the people <laughs> will tap you on the shoulder. And I feel like you've certainly in you know, this, the discussion about gender, yeah. it, th- that's been some of your role of being this person tapping someone on the shoulder and saying something nice instead of something negative that actually illuminates. Opens it. Yeah. I,
2: I've had so many experiences where someone has tapped me on the shoulder and presented a completely new idea to me, and it opened up my world. I mean, on some of the biggest moves in my life, it was just someone saying, well, what if, right? What if? And it works so well, because it's <laughs> not that we don't want to change. We just haven't seen it, mapped it out. We don't know if it's even possible. Yeah. And so we're just sticking with what we know most of the time. And so if you have people around you that you trust, and they tap you on the shoulder, it all, it all of a sudden opens up this world. So I've been trying to do that with what I've learned around gender. Mm-hmm. And it works a lot of the times. It's really changed. Like my mother, who's Southern and conservative pretty much, just wasn't getting it. She mm-hmm. wasn't getting that Penelope is a boy. And she would say, well, you know, this girl, she cannot run the show. Just put a dress on her and she'll um, She'll come around. You Very know? old school. Very old school. Like just reinforce how great girls are and how strong Shirley Chisholm was and how <laughs> amazing Billie Jean King is, right? Because that's how I learned Yeah. womanness from these great women who've changed the world. But the issue was Pinnell's not a girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had to really just say, mommy, like, watch this documentary. Read this book. Watch Pinnell fight at the karate tournament. You know, Mm -hmm. just what if we just said he today, mama? What if we just practiced in front of the mirror? He, Pinnell, he, Pinnell, he. And eventually it was an eye-opener for my mom. Eventually she came around. So, yeah, we just need people to tap us on the shoulder and say it's not – 100% 100% wrong, you're just not seeing the full picture. But do What you, if?
1: Do you get angry first? I, like you're, obviously you're very confident and mm-hmm.
2: calm. I'm so pissed off most of the time. Are, uh, <laughs>
0: because, because if <laughs> yeah. I had to have that conversation
1: with
2: my mom, like there would be hot tears and I would yell. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm, my mom, I'm you know. relaying this like, you know, several course, years back. Yes. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, but you do have I'm that often pissed of... off. Like even still today, I'm often pissed off. And so I run for about an hour as exercise to get that pissed off shit out. Really? Because I, I get highly an angry. My heart starts racing, I get teary, you know, yeah. I start to think like, this world is so effed up. It's really, it's heavy shit, but you, I, you know, I run it off. I also have a long form ability. I can actually, you know, and it's seen in my marriages and it's seen with my kids, I, I'm really tenacious. So I can put in like a lot of work. Past when most people would be like, I'm out of here. Right mm. just the way my, I'm, bra- I'm I'm wired, yeah, so I can do long form with people. But you know it's like this idea that I guess what I, I do it because it works for me. like if I stick around long enough and if I keep doing what I do and if I keep bringing this what if sensibility, most of the time, everyone in my life has changed and come over to, from the dark side and so come over good. to yeah if it the, weren't working i probably wouldn't do it anymore you
0: know? the conventional you know <laughs> a, thing that people say over and over is no people can't change people can't right. change people can and yet of course, like nature of life has changed
2: if i had... yeah so people don't change in many ways but there's like this subversive way of getting to change right so mm-hmm. we did, we didn't ask grandpa g do you believe that panella's a boy do you support transgender realities Right, we just say, can you just, change, can you your just change your language? So, in a, a, essentially, he supported Pinnell's life.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: right. So, I just, you know, I don't have a um, one way of looking at success, one way of looking at happiness, but we got to find the yes somewhere. Mm. Yeah, the beauty of philosophy. the
0: yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, oh. this is absolutely such. A... I don't want to
2: come off as like. Um, really just pleasant all the time and happy all the time and it's not a win-win all the time at all I mean in this 20 years I've gone through two marriages Mm -hmm. right those weren't
0: who doesn't
2: yeah exactly (laughs) right no big deal Um, but you know they feel like losses you know Mm -hmm. they they do feel like losses and I've lost some friends temporarily I've definitely lost like battles like when you're trying to accomplish something lost sleep lost health but I, I think mean. in general, my end, my general um, disposition is optimistic.
0: And that mm-hmm. is
2: definitely from running and stretching. And being physical. <laughs> and being physical because it would have consumed me if I didn't, I have to say. You
0: but know, it, it has... does
1: not show up on your skin because yeah, it really it's incredible. Work. Good sex, too. Oh, okay. Very yes. important. <laughs> Good <laughs> secret. I think yeah. so. <laughs> Okay, that was an amazing
0: conversation with Jody. We came in and we were feeling kind of down. And yeah. <laughs> we were like, I hope I feel great after this conversation. And it came true. Yeah, she gave me a total boost. Yeah. Like, I just, yeah, I, I, do, I do wish that she'd existed like when my kids were little. So I could follow her like every <laughs> all move. All her advice. Yeah, all yeah. her advice. I, I just, yeah. she just is really full of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she said,
1: I love what she said about hair as love.
0: Oh that was yeah. so
1: beautiful and i i feel the same way like growing up my mom would always do my hair before school and it was like i was like a wild thing like it was so knotted and i you know i would run away when she tried to comb it and oh, it yeah. just became this like y- you know it, our time like her untangling my hair
0: and it became pleasant and love instead well, it hurt, of hurt but yeah. it was there
1: was love behind it and i look back on it as as like you know something really beautiful
0: and special and unique to us yeah i have such a i my my mom always wanted us to have short hair cuz <laughs> our hair got in tangles and she didn't want to have to deal with screaming children yeah <laughs> and so i always had a sh- short hair and i people always thought i was a boy and like I, really short yes and people thought i was a boy and i hated it it's funny <laughs> that we're talking about this <laughs> in this discussion of of hair transgender not being loved too. but Uh, Yeah, and it was. I I, I mean, I bit a hairdresser that was cutting my hair. Oh my God. I I, I really (laughs) had some angry moments. And I remember I was once on a school field trip. And we were at Angel Island in San Francisco. And we we were, of course, this was like back in the day. So they let us swim in the San Francisco Bay, which you would not let a bunch of like like, (laughs) six-year-olds swim. And I guess we were all supposed to come in and I didn't hear it or whatever. So they were like, little boy, little boy, come in. And I was like, (laughs) I don't see any boy. So I just like sat there. (laughs) No (laughs) way. And I sat there and they came out and rescued me because they thought I was. (gasps) Okay, but six like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I hope you didn't take it to heart.
0: Well, I, I I I still have long hair. Yeah, I, 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 I think, and you always
1: wear it down, face framing. Yes, very traditionally feminine way.
0: I think the, the short forced short hair as a child <laughs> definitely <laughs> set me on the road to some long hair. <laughs> but it is even when somebody gives you a. I think I heard Howard Stern saying he feels love when when someone massages his head.
2: And yeah, I.
0: I, I you know, like if you go and get your hair shampooed or something, it is a really Oh, lovely it's like euphoric. Feeling. It just feels like things fire. You feel cared for, yeah. It's yeah. really yeah. nice. And like if somebody you love like massages your head, it's yeah. really nice. <laughs> well touch is just is
1: is part of that. Just the act of being touched.
0: Yeah, definitely. That if you want to be. <laughs> if you want to be yeah. I feel if someone was just massaging my head I might be a little alarmed. <laughs> yeah. I loved the way she deals with adversity. Yeah, Jody, like her, the you know where when someone says something that you know I feel like in our culture now we're on the lookout always, no matter what side of the political spectrum we're on, we're always on the lookout for someone saying something wrong, so that we can get them. Yeah, you Uh know, and she certainly has all these different identities that you could say something wrong, or people in her family that you could say something wrong, and and when people I love. Her approach to when somebody says something like, you know, how's your boyfriend's equipment? You know, yeah, that <laughs> was know? crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And but her her answer of like, well, what does your boyfriend's right? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look like you know, or how do you have sex? Like, uh, like that. It's a way of of making the person understand. Yes something new and giving them a little like and she not said,
1: shaming them so yeah. that the conversation continues and that it is a conversation and not and just, that they
0: hear you yeah you know yeah. I feel like when somebody says you're wrong and here's why like, yeah that's the last oh, thing yeah. the person hears yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're not gonna hear why yeah <laughs> you know she's mastered that she really has I think I mean it's such a people do ask questions that they're curious about you know yeah yeah like
1: she was talking about how as a black woman you know or she touched on it someone asking to touch her hair
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i i i feel like way back you know years ago i've been asked that and there is something in being offended but i i don't think i was because it's like they're curious about it because it's different from them yeah you know and it's not like a mean gesture yeah, I don't think it's there's hate in it at all. It's yeah. it's curiosity.
0: It's like when you're pregnant and people want to touch you. And it totally depends on the person. Like sometimes it seems really nice. And yeah. so then, you know, you get some like, you know, older guy that's like, hi there. Yeah. I see you're oh. pregnant. You're like, oh, I'm going to throw up. But then like, it does some, depend. you know, like. But
1: if some woman just came up to me and like lovingly touched my stomach, who I kind of knew, I think yeah. I wouldn't mind. I can't say for sure I'm not pregnant, but. Yeah. I don't know. That seems nice. Yeah, like, it's I mean, nice to be touched.
0: It is nice to be touched, and it, 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 it... Yeah, I mean, I remember an old woman coming up to me on the street, so she, I did not know her, and she was, like, beaming, and she was like, you are so beautiful. You know, I was super pregnant at the time. She was like, you're so beautiful, and she touched my stomach, and it didn't bother me, you yeah. know, because she was appreciating. And I guess, you know, the... The weird man in a suit on the elevator was also appreciating that didn't like was, that. Was there actually a weird man? Oh, yeah. The, several. Who like, just, like, touched You'll, you'll see. <laughs> yeah.
1: The agenda it's, is, I don't know. It's just a,
0: a man. It's it's just yeah. different. It's, it's very different. <laughs> but, yeah, people, certainly that has been my experience. I mean, as a white woman, I don't, I don't have so much difference that people are... You know, wanting to touch wanting to touch my hair, but being pregnant is a you know it's a physical difference, and people are very curious about it. Yeah, yeah. That gave me a little feeling of it because people do. They're like, you know, can I touch you? Can I feel the baby kicking? And you know, it's your personal space. Yeah, yeah. There is an
1: inappropriateness to it, but I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to channel Jody and not just instead of being offended if someone asks me that, like maybe you. spin it a certain way you
0: just kind of say oh it's great you know and like uh the other thing you know that relates to certainly jody's thing is everybody wants to know you know do you know the gender of the baby and it's kind of it's it's crazy that but the people are always so nuts about that yeah like what difference does it make yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah why (laughs) are people
1: so nuts i mean i just sort of ask it automatically to make conversation maybe or to be conventional i don't even know
0: It's it's just I I think I that's a question of wanting to get closer to knowing who that person is. Like I don't think it's necessarily a negative. Yeah. thing. It's often you're, not like negative. Like Jody said you're you're wanting a visual. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or like yeah. my boyfriend says you want you want uh you want to see the lookbook. <laughs> cuz I'll like tell him about people that he doesn't know and then he'll be like I need to see the lookbook. There is something to wanting a visual
1: cuz you're a human.
0: Yeah, you're like, well is it going to be a boy or a girl and you're like you never know.
1: Also, she she looks so amazing, and it sounds like she is very physical. Yeah. Like she has a yoga practice, that retreat she went on.
0: That sounded always amazing. always wanted to do that. And I, I yeah, I, I've i gone on one, but it didn't sound as quite as, that was it wasn't intense. a week long. It was like maybe four or five days yeah, and she said and, she went and like wrote a book during it, just because it spurred things like the physicality of it. You know, you and I both had the experience of going through TM transcendental meditation yeah. training that we did as a company at Goop, and that, that was amazing. Th- that was the best gift, best gift ever. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I sometimes I'm great with it, and sometimes yeah. I don't meditate every day. But when I do, I see the difference so. Me too. Yeah. You're not as reactive. Like you have space, like yeah. she said. You you have space to to have a perspective on things and not immediately react. Yeah. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> it's so dumb. Like just do it. We Life did it is a better. lot this weekend and it was you did? it was yeah, and I, I I finally you know how they in in TM, one of the things that they say is to just prefer the mantra. You say a mantra mm-hmm. to yourself while you're meditating and That, you know, you're going to have thoughts and that's okay, but that you, you know, you should just prefer the mantra. And I always kind of forced that, like I muscled to prefer it, you know? Right, And And this weekend, like, I swear to God, I just felt it. Really? Yeah, I did. As in like you didn't have to like say anything? I didn't have to go, oh, you like the thought, you like the, you know, the... Mantra better go to the mantra right. okay do Whoa. it like I, did, I it was a little more like easy Wait, you've reached like you know what momentarily is it? some <laughs> sort of spot yeah but yeah she I mean I loved she she talked about flexibility as giving you that that space yeah. to move literally and and getting your anger out with running I totally yeah. that is totally true. do that it really does work yeah <laughs> and I I can get with yoga I I definitely if I'm feeling whatever emotion it kind of moves out of me. Yeah, if I, find I do just anything physical. Of the class. You're yeah.
1: you're not thinking you're it's out of your head. You're getting out of your head. And that does a lot.
0: Yeah. And that I mean it takes me back to that mirror thing. Like she's taking her kids out of their head in yeah. a way. You know, like going, look at your body. Yeah. Experience it. You're touching it at the same time you're looking at it. I think she's the next stage of humans. I do. Like she's too. just <laughs> so evolved. It's mind blowing. Yeah. It really it really is true. Everybody, like, got to see the TED yeah. Talk, yeah. um, got to read the book. Yeah. And there's another book coming about flexibility. Yeah. yeah. I, I cannot wait. Yeah. Cannot wait. Jody Patterson.
1: Yeah. She's good. So on the site, I do a column called Megan Tries It, and you do one called Ask Jean. And we get a whole bunch of
0: beauty questions. And we're going to answer them all here, right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. So should we get into today's Ask Me Anythings? Or maybe ask us anything?
0: Yes. And if anyone's listening and has a question they want us to answer here, just send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. It could be about self-tanner, crow's feet,
1: dry shampoo, parabens, our favorite bath soak, non-toxic lube. Or anything else. Now to today's question.
0: Okay. This one's from Karen P. Do you have any tips for getting rid of frizz? Is there a way to blow dry hair to make it less frizzy?
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay, so you know that
0: hairstylist
1: Todd Tinnell. He's yes. like the one of Dyson's ambassadors. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's super great, and he is overflowing with tips. And one he had was. Like, what you should never do when you're blow-drying your hair Uh is, like, what they do in the hair commercial when they're, like, blowing it all around and it's being, you know, the model's, like, tossing her hair and it's all sexy. (laughs) Like, that is, like, the worst thing you can do for frizz because you're blowing the hair in the direction that goes against how the hair follicle falls. So, it's almost like you're roughing up the hair follicle. So, you want to blow-dry, like, going downward, if that makes sense. So, you're, like, so you're smoothing it down. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. So like blow dry with the nozzle tilted, tilted downwards, downward. like towards your tips, almost.
0: I remember um, GP's hairstylist Adir, mm-hmm. he um, he he also does Kristen Stewart, who I love. Yeah, um, and he was like, if you really want no frizz, he's like, what I do for clients, and I was like, okay, I'm glad I'm not a hairdresser. He says you have to like when you you get out of the shower, you don't even. You don't even put your hair in a towel. You just put paper towels to blot very softly. Really? And I was like, that's a lot of blotting. Like, I could never do that. But then the shortcut to that, in my opinion, is the Aquas towel. Oh, definitely. And we have different views on which one is the best. I like the straight up towel and you like the turban. (laughs) But... It makes such a difference. It does. There does. The, when you when you come out of the shower and your hair is still really wet, if you do what we all sort of normally would do is we take a, a big towel and start scrudging our hair to get yeah. the, the moisture out, that really roughs it up, just like you were saying. And the aqueous, like... It's super fast drying. It's mm-hmm. very thin. It's some material, and it like you you just put your hair in it, wrap it up, and you let it sit there. So you're not you're not agitating it in any way. You don't have those big loops of cotton that like a normal towel has, and it dries your hair faster, and it it, it like doesn't have frizz. I mean, Definitely it, like, less it makes, frizz. It's makes, amazing. It makes a big difference.
1: Yeah. And then what else? And also, like you can, there are products that really help.
0: There's the the new Christophe Robin, oh the, amazing, the spray, the spray, is, is and spray. the one for
1: curls, the is, cream for curls is just like amazing for frizz and oh, curly so hair. Good. It's like
0: defined curls that aren't like gnarly. Yeah, it's great, and I like the Inner Sense. Yep, the the texture cream, and I oh and I'm, the Fakai, the the mist. There's oh like yeah, a that mist, mist uh, and if you do it I before lo- blow drying, yes, or before air drying, mm-hmm. like I do, I. I do conditioner in the, like, I don't have like crazy frizzy hair, but yeah. I, I guess I could have frizzy hair. I you don't never know. seem frizzy, actually. Well, I mean, it definitely, I'll be like, you know, in the summer or something, it could be frizzier. And um, so I always do conditioner in the shower, and then I do leave in conditioner also. So I do, oh, yeah. Like, two conditioners, and then I air dry. I think leave in conditioner is the key for a lot of people. For, yeah. And I love, I love the Fakai, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, wait. And one more thing I forgot. Um, you're supposed to not brush very much or comb, like you're, but, but especially brushing. Like the fewer times you brush your hair, the less frizzy it's going to be.
1: That's a good tip. Thanks again for joining us on The Beauty Closet. You can learn more about our new podcast series at goop.com beautyclosetpodcast. We hope you'll come back next Wednesday for our next chat. And in the meantime, just tap subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast. And share it with a friend. Talk soon.